the Don't Do the Tea. It is the Agatha Christie podcast where we analyze her books one by one. I'm Josh. I'm Charlotte. And you thought that I wouldn't notice. You thought that <laughs> Zach, what? the man of mystery himself, the detective of the bunch, wouldn't realize the detective of the bunch. what you've done. <laughs> Who did what? You guys thought, oh, Zach doesn't listen to the podcast. You he, don't. He wouldn't notice. But you know what? Spotify ratted you out. <laughs> okay? Oh, I think I know this is what Spotify this is about. goes ahead and it just starts playing another podcast in your feed. Yeah, it's annoying. Once it's annoying. you've stopped the one. So it doesn't even ask you if you want to continue in this podcast or that podcast. It just picks another one that maybe you've wa- listened to an episode of. Oh. And so what do I hear? I hear our gorgeous new intro. <laughs> written by a professional, I assume. Yeah, the cars. Yeah, written by the cars themselves. <laughs> and then I hear a special episode recorded with just Josh and Charlotte. Hmm. Now, my question is for you guys. I probably don't even need to be here, right? <laughs> that that episode was so dour. Dour? Yeah. <laughs> what? Why did you want to the quality that word? dwindled? <laughs> yeah. The quality dwindled and it was dour. <laughs> Without you. It was dismally dour. So we need you back, and we'll, this is our apology. We never thought you would notice the one time and the one time only. Did it really happen that way? Because you swear up and down that you never listened to it. It's so it just Spotify way. just Spotify that episode me, to you. And I said to myself, that's a cool sounding intro. I wonder what podcast this is. Because it wasn't the regular intro, and I forgot <laughs> that is, we had a new one. Oh, now see, I haven't heard the new intro You haven't intro heard the new yet. intro? No, I haven't so heard the new intro. the new intro went live, and you guys probably don't know this, but Don't Drink the Tea has seasons. Oh. And so the new intro went live with the premiere of our new season, which was the episode with just me and Charlotte doing which I get the Christie book should you So a whole new season starts without me, huh? You weren't in the season premiere. So all of the fans are going to think that Zach isn't here anymore. And Excel I thought for... that Zach got canceled. <laughs> we, well, it, <laughs> we made reference to the fact that he was not there, and we said the reason he was not there was because we were in a bookstore. And, you and know, you walk into a bookstore, let me ask a question. Does that bookstore sell stickers? Yes. Yes. So why couldn't I have been there? <laughs> well, because... We thought your book allergy would... The, the stickers wouldn't save hey, you. if you want to, we will never, ever do an episode without you again. That's okay. <laughs> Many of you want. In fact, I encourage it. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like there was a little genuine anger there. No, the anger was that I have to be here this time. <laughs> well, we're glad that you are here because we're, we're in a cool new studio, as provided by Zach. That's yeah. right. We're in chairs that were not planned. A card Super table. Super comfy chairs. It is comfortable. Yes. Uh, I'm in a recliner. <laughs> True. I have slippers on. <laughs> Me and Zach are in sweatpants. Charlotte might be as well. Yes, she is. I didn't want to. <laughs> and today, while we are going to, this is going to be a comfy episode. Remember last time, I can't remember the episode. What were we talking about? Which the, book? the new chair episode? Yeah, which book were we talking about when we were so chill? I don't Sparkling know. Sparkling Cyanide, I think. I can't remember, Maybe. but it went really well. We were so chill. And I'm hoping <laughs> that it'll go well today, too. Like, all good moods. No bickering, no fighting. I'm pretty sure, or was that The Hollow? It couldn't have been The Hollow because we were at odds in The Hollow. No, The Hollow was too high energy. It was before The Hollow. Yeah, because The Hollow, we both had butter knives up to each other's throats. <laughs> and Zachary was just eating. Uh, I was eating butter. Butter. <laughs> from the from the 
From the cube. From because the stick, from because the cube. you had no knife. <laughs> I, had no I knife. bought him a butter cube and he was eating it. I said, do you have, do you have anything to separate this butter with? Perhaps a knife intended for it? But they were at each other's throats with them. I was like, we have two and we're at each other's throats with them. And I said, I'll just, I guess I'll just use my fingers. But this time, <laughs> but this time, we are talking about something I don't think we're going to be quite as uh, at odds about. It doesn't feel, um, well, I say that, but there is something incredibly divisive at the end of this book. Sure, which sure. is going to be uh, divisive, I guess, for, at the time and entertaining yeah. for us now. Not divisive for that'll us. Pro- no, that'll no, probably no. be in the next episode. But I have, yeah, I, I don't feel like there's a huge... Um, a huge potential for differing opinions on this one. No, this one doesn't, I don't think, would like spark intense emotion in the same way. Except for one person, right. which I'll get into that. But we are today are talking about The Labors of Hercules. That's right, it's L-A-B-O-U-R-S. O-U-R. That is how it is spelled. Oh, mine is does have a U, see? Mine is spelled L-A-B-O-R-S, but the British spelling is L-A-B-O-U-R-S, so that is technically... The <laughs> official title as it was first published was L-A-B-O-U-R-S. Interesting. <laughs> yes. So this is our first collection of short stories we've done in a while. The last one we did that was strictly short stories was Partners in Crime, which was, you know, at least a decade ago in her canon, not for us. <laughs> yeah. Wild time flies. We've been recording for 30 years <laughs> and we are about halfway through the books and Zach is loving it. I can't wait to continue for another 30 years. (laughs) 60-year podcast. Um, But this one is a short story collection. Uh, I think um, probably her best-known short story collection. It could be. Um, And and that's because, like Partners in Crime, it is a concept. Uh, It's her concept album. So, Partners in Crime had a concept, but it was pretty loosey-goosey. This one has the strongest concept. And if I'm going to read a short story collection, I love for there to be a concept. Uh, Something that's holding it all together. An overriding theme. Right. And short stories, I mean, I'm obsessed with Christy and everything about her. All of her books I know front to back. But her short stories are honestly a blind spot for me. I hardly remembered any of these. I know I'd read this, but I'd hardly remembered any of these before I got into it this time. How about you? I don't think I've ever read this, or okay. I may have started it and not finished it, but it didn't leave a lasting impression. Okay, gotcha. And I didn't remember a whole lot of it, but that, in particular, short stories, even not by Christy, I have a hard time remembering short stories. Like, they're just not my go-to thing to read. I prefer a novel. Yeah. And short stories, I just, I can't remember them when I'm done. Yeah. I, I, uh don't ever choose to read a collection of short stories and if it wasn't for the fact that this was Christie's and it was next in line I probably would never read a collection of short stories <laughs> yeah I'm, and I like picking those up for her because uh, she does have great short stories she definitely does but it's just like you know you can't beat a Christie novel all that she can do right. in 200 pages and you know yeah and I've tried to think a lot about why I don't care for short stories in general just overarching why I don't care for short stories and I can't explain it I, uh, none of my reasons make any sense <laughs> yeah so I mean they, they, there's not a lot of room to develop something because we preferred her novellas that we did in Murder and the Muse uh, those were that was a couple longer short stories yeah and those we appreciated a little more than but a lot of her short stories were published 
very early, and for Christie in particular, short stories were less important because these were being published in uh, magazines. magazines that were like, you know, they weren't for high-profile literature. It was yeah. like a I'm light sure read. It, right, and I'm sure it was good supplemental income. But for even sure. the even the, and we've talked about this several times, the books, the novels that were short stories, like not short stories, but um, uh, not segments. What's the word that I want? You know, they came out periodically. Oh, serialized. Yes, thank you. That is the word. Captain Crunch. Yeah. Eyes. <laughs> the worst joke. <laughs> It's all berries. I'm too <laughs> relaxed. Wow. So if we too had you on a bed of content. nails, you would be like <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> bringing down the house. <laughs> What's the deal with Captain Crunch? Why are all the berries in there? You're giving me an accident bowl? Um, yeah, so this collection, uh, 1947... And these were, you know, stories that she had had published, but they all tied together. Um, and John Curran, I wanted to quote him in his book, Agatha Christie's The Secret Notebooks, the first one. He says, The Labors of Hercules is not just Agatha Christie's greatest short story collection. It is one of the greatest collections in the entire crime fiction genre. Really? It's brilliant in concept, design, and execution. Oh. That's how John Curran feels. Okay. Um, and he waxes poetic about it through his whole collection. And I think Mark Aldrich, too, in his book, uh, Agatha Christie's Poirot, The Greatest Detective in the World, uh, thought highly of this collection as well. Oh, okay. And so the concept is about the labors of Hercules. I discovered Christie very young, as I've said on this podcast, so I was very confused by this title. I was always like, The Labors of Hercules. Like, <laughs> Hercules what? what? Yeah. So. Uh, the la- Zach, are you aware of the labors of Hercules, the myth? Uh, he had to do a bunch of like strong stuff. Y- yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like there were twelve that he had to do, like these tasks. Can you? What was the setup again? Because I had, I was just telling Charlotte before this, I had made extensive notes, including oh, this about is terrible. This is terrible news. I have done extensive notes, including about the mythology of the labors. And you ranked. The... And I ranked the short stories, <laughs> and I lost my note. I don't know how you could have. I don't know. I can't find it. I guess, you, did you not title it? Is there anything untitled in your notes? Zach knows this. I always put notes in stupid places. Like, oh. I'll, like, write a shopping list, and then beneath that I'll be like, here are my thoughts on <laughs> Labors of Hercules. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. Josh will have like a singular, like, note app note that has six months worth of, worth of notes in it. <laughs> and, like, notes that he needs. Okay. Like, you know... Passcode, like new passcode to the to the door at work, <laughs> yeah. and that'll be surrounded by like uh, my top seven dwarves from <laughs> the seven dwarves. Yeah, ranked. the seven dwarves and ranked. all the best movies of two thousand three. Right, Number one, it'll be bashful. between those, and in between those is the security code for the new door. But he won't have labeled it. It'll just it usually it'll just be like five one nine six. But I had written about the the 12 labors um, because I think, I mean, anytime I have to read a myth or when I had to read myths for schools, Christy is fond of the myths. Sometimes she'll call them the classics in this book. Yeah. I think they're really dumb. That was one of those things that a lot of people had to do. I mean, this is going way, way, way back, but it was considered, for a very long time, was considered just part of, like, your normal education, kind of like Shakespeare still is. Now, are you thinking that I should 
attempt all of Hercules' labors. You should. We should try to feel like if we can find a parallel between all 12. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then either I'll do it, because it'll be easy for me, because I'm really strong like Hercules. Yeah. Or we'll be able to just to discuss it, see if I could actually Sure. And in, <laughs> it, one thing I discovered, too, is that there are more than 12 labors. Or, no, there were originally supposed to be 10 labors, and two of them, like, at the end he would finish something, or but somebody would help him or something, and whoever's in charge of the labors would be like, okay, that one didn't count, though. And that's why there's 12 instead of 10, which is just dumb. And the stories, like, reading this, I've always had this feeling, like, too, with the Odyssey and um, the other one, uh, the Odyssey and the other one like that. Iliad. The Iliad, yes. And I know that the thing that people are attracted to is the writing, like the actual, the, the prose, not necessarily mm-hmm. the story. But you read the story and it feels like it's just so random and it can't be satisfying because it doesn't have, you know, what we want in like a, <laughs> a structure of a, of a plot, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, he had 12 labors and... Uh, the setup of this what, book. Sorry, uh, Zach. Why don't you get a twenty-sided dice uh, or die, and then see if you would succeed at each labor by the dice roll. By the dice roll, <laughs> or literally just do the labors themselves <laughs> and see if you can survive that way. So I think I would have appreciated this a little bit more. I had every intention of actually reading the legend, mm. and uh, number one forgot. Number two, remembered and didn't care. Number three, forgot again. <laughs> and number four, just remembered it just now. And now I have no And chance. I did the research, uh, but like I said, uh, but I, fa- I know the website what that gave me a quick rundown. So um, Can you send it to me? And I'll prepare. Sure. <laughs> uh, and it's my version of the book has the actual, like, because a lot of these labors were on different things like different stones and stuff and they were spread out and like they're given like a belief of what the order actually is because on the cover of my edition of the labors of hercules there's a uh ancient vase vase that has like the artwork from the first labor what is um, it this is the, the worst website i've ever seen the <laughs> <laughs> that's where i found them all the ne- the nemean lion oh okay that's funny so does mine only just like a yeah. very updated right yeah Actually, it's it's like a lion with a man's head in his mouth, which is a little disappointing because you would think, oh, that's Hercules, but right. he succeeds, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, at the beginning of it, Poirot wants to retire, and he's been saying this since the murder of Roger Ackroyd, yeah. what, 20 years ago, <laughs> and he's like, I want to retire, and I think Chrissy had said, like, it was a mistake that she had, like, started him at, at retirement age with the first book, because... Yeah. Because of this, he's always wanting to retire, and by the end of her, his run, he's like a million years old. <laughs> and her, her Poirots aren't necessarily in any type of chronological order, right? Like, none of them pick well, up where they left off, or... Not necessarily. I mean, they're all contemporary in the year they're set. Okay. So, you know... Yeah, because Roger Ackroyd was the 20s, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like, he, he doesn't technically age, but, you know, all of the events are happening. Whether or not it, it's clearer in some books, especially the post-war books, which we're going to yeah. be getting to that a little more. We already have. But they're de- you're definitely in, like, 1946. Okay. So, yeah. So, so let's just say, like, the way that it used to be, it's very different now. But, like, if Poirot would have retired technically at 55, because he was yeah. already retired from the police force for a long time. Right. So, if he retired at 55... With the murder of Roger Ackroyd, 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 yeah. he Ackroyd. would be seventy-five now. 
or like 72? By the time of this book, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of right. this, right, of the labor Because then he has like another 30 years before Curtin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though Curtin was written around this time, actually. But, you know, 30 more years in the canon. So, yeah. You know, he is yeah. over 100. And I think they, they, I don't know if they give his age, but they always say, like, if you're being conservative with your estimation, he would still be, like, 120 years old at the yeah, time of his yeah. death. Um, so at the beginning, he wants to, to, and this is all given in, like, kind of an introductory, very, very short story. It's a foreword, yeah. Yeah, and it's called How It All Came About in my edition. Okay. And... It's called The Foreword in mine. Okay. And he is just talking to Dr. Burton, who is a fan of the classics, and Poirot's a little embarrassed that he's not too familiar with the classics. And so they talk about, you know, his name is Hercule, like Hercules, there were the 12 labors of Hercules, and Poirot is like, well, that's my new task, is that my last jobs I ever take is going to be uh, equivalent in a poetic, in his mind. allegorical, yeah. metaphorical way, to really, the labors, really thinly. to the labors of Hercules, <laughs> which I think is a great idea for her to tie this collection together. I think it's I really just, neat. Idea. I really want like a thirteenth story at the end where somebody comes up to him with this amazing case, and he's and he like, "Ah, uh, no, <laughs> I am finished." <laughs> right. Well, I mean, because he doesn't retire though, because the ne- I think the next book in the canon is a Poirot, so you know. Um, but she, you know, I guess that happens. You, yeah. you have, and, to and have again, she was writing this for a magazine. Exactly. So, yep, it was going on at the same time as other things, right? And so the first story was the Nemean Lion. Oh, I actually know something about this. Give it to me because of a podcast. All right, <laughs> it's a it's a weird podcast, and I've only read listened to two episodes and discovered I don't like it. Okay. but it was talking about the Nemean Lion, which was interesting. That I was reading this at the same time. Okay. That it was a it was a lion that was raised by the goddess of the moon or the goddess who was the moon. Or yeah, something? so I was just reading about that. Well, at the beginning it says initially Hercules was required to complete ten labors, not twelve. King Eurystheus decided Hercules' first task would be to bring him the skin of an invulnerable lion, which terrorized the hills around Nemea. Yeah. Yeah, and so he goes on this labor. He comes to this town called Cleone. Um, and he stays at this place for hire, and then his host offers to sacrifice an animal to pray for a safe lion hunt. He asks him to wait 30 days, and if Hercules dies trying to kill a lion, he agrees to sacrifice Hercules instead. Oh my gosh, this is, why does anyone read this? I'm I know. already so bored. <laughs> it's, it's pretty boring. <laughs> Uh, you think, oh, you know, an epic story about a hero who goes and hunts a man-eating lion, then it's like... He picks up his club, he follows the lion to the cave, which has two entrances, he blocks one of the doorways, then approaches the lion through the other, grasping the lion in his mighty arms and ignoring its powerful claws, he holds it tightly until he's choked it to death. So the question is, do you think I could kill a lion? <laughs> well, um... Now, I'm not Hercules. I'm a mere man, which means I'm not going to be fighting off uh, against a... Uh, and a, like in a, and a, like a monster lion, just so a just regular lion. Zach v regular lion. Yeah. Can I say what I think would happen in that scenario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that Zach would be like, oh, Kitty, <laughs> and then you guys would be best friends. That's so, okay, what I see so, happening. All right, uh, realistically. <laughs> oh yes, please. Let's stay grounded in realism. Which is it? I know lions and tigers, they both have their different way. One of them kills you and then eats you. One of them eats you while you're still alive. Oh, a tiger eats you while you're still alive. So a lion kills you first. I believe so. 
Okay, so I guess the the are you trying? Are we saying you are killing the lion? Or are you just surviving this encounter? I guess I you need, need to, to bring it. the lion back. I don't think you're gonna kill it the way Hercules did. I no, think you need to like lure it into traffic. Which is <laughs> a little kind. Would you like come here? Modern problems require you're trying a lot to, like, of solutions. Time it right where you run in front of a van, but then you get in by the van instead. They're so confused. I don't think you could take a lion. Okay, not hand to hand. What if I was wearing chainmail? First off, okay, maybe if you're wearing chainmail. Okay. And also, I just recently saw a video clip of a mongoose chasing away several full-grown lions. So it's all you're about attitude. Thank you. <laughs> I think if I had a sweet club like he did, and I was wearing chainmail, maybe I would have a chance, or maybe I would get one or two good swings in before the lion ate me. I think your best bet would be to either come upon the lion who has just died of natural causes <laughs> or to maybe poison a piece of steak. Oh, mean. Okay. He's got to kill it. He I mean, Hercules choked it to death. One well, step Hercules down. Hercules was, was a jerk. One step down. He had to do his labors. Okay, I can't <laughs> kill a lion. Next step down would be tiger. Probably can't kill a tiger. We go down. Could I bobcat? kill a bobcat? Maybe. Bobcat. <laughs> just to throw that out there, most of these things are crimes. <laughs> you might be able to kill a bobcat. This, that we're taking Zach to ancient what Greece? What is this? <laughs> ancient something. Ancient somewhere. Could I kill a chihuahua? <laughs> I give you a chihuahua, and I think you should. I'm in. I'm on it. So when Hercules comes back, <laughs> the Nemean chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of ties into the Poirot story. But when Hercules comes back, uh, they're impressed and they make this vase, this vase, and that's, okay. that's on the um, cover of the book. So, <laughs> fun fact. Yes. The, in in Disney's Hercules, which was from what two thousand something, it was you guys 1997. alive in nineteen ninety seven? I was born the year Hercules came out. <laughs> no way. I was. It's nineteen ninety seven. Okay, so that means you were not yet. I was not born. Okay. All right. So now I'm, I'm justified. <laughs> He's just a wee lass. I'm just. Have a you wee guys lass. watched Hercules, the Disney version? I've seen it seen like bits once. and pieces. Yeah, yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. Uh, fun fact that he, there are little clips of Hercules doing some of his labors. And when oh, he yes, fights yes. the Nemean lion, it's Scar. It's Scar. He yeah. carries, I do remember that. He yeah. carries Scar's. I could go most anywhere. <laughs> I don't know the song. Scar's already dead, though. He got eaten by hyenas. Which yeah. means that he did it the same way I did it, which was oh, come upon a dead lion. Came upon a dead lion. <laughs> and said to it, yes, please. Perfect. Also, I don't think I would look as cool as this picture on this website that Josh has. Where Hercules comes back wearing a lion outfit. I'll have to post. Oh, that's what this is. Okay, it's him with the skin on. Yeah, he's wearing the skin. You come back with Hercules' skin. Really ugly in these pictures. He's not a cutie. Yeah. He's also. I'm not gonna say that. (laughs) So Poirot actually takes a similar approach to you when he selects the case. For he's like, well, I'm not going to fight the lion, and then he, I'm not going to fight the tiger, I'm not going to fight the bobcat. But he, what the case that he does is that Miss Lemon, Miss Lemon finds it for him. It is um, this businessman. His wife has a Pekingese dog that's been kidnapped, <laughs> and the Pekingese dog has like a mane around its face, and he's like, that is my Nemean lion. And the the <laughs> classic cover, which I love of the of the original collection of Labor Hercules, is the Pekingese dog. That's magic. Oh, wow, I love that. It's an ugly dog. Oh my gosh! I don't like them. He does. They're a little ugly, and they're like you. You can see like a rich person having like a couple of them. <laughs> so we can talk about the Nemean lion, the first story. Um, 
initially like so it's a, it is literally there's no murder and there's not a lot of murder in this collection at all oh my goodness <laughs> you're still showing pictures of ugly dogs. that yeah. that needs it looks to like go. furniture yeah, that, yes. that's a, it's a footstool yeah it's a furry footstool <laughs> all right this doesn't work for audio <laughs> No, put them but on post the... some pictures. Yes, okay, put okay, them on okay. the account. Gosh. It's important. All right. Why are you such a buzzkill? I want to see all of the pictures that you have. It's fine. So. Josh is getting too mad at He's me. all the way over there on the other side of the table. You can do whatever I you want. I cannot reach Zach like I usually can. Oh. Usually <laughs> I've choked Zach two or three times, but he's kicking me. Yeah, see? <sighs> he Got just him. did the, what is it called? I don't know. The circle. <laughs> you have to do the circle under your waist and then you can punch somebody. Yeah, so I have a lot saved up for you, though. Off, off mic, I'm going to deck Josh in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this woman's dog has been kidnapped. And like I said, this is not a murder case. And that's going to be a, a pattern in this collection. Yeah. Um, and There's a lot of thefts and disappearances. and. Yeah. This yeah. is usually the kind of case that Poirot would be like, absolutely not. It's so yeah. beneath him. Yeah. But he's interested because it... it, it he sees a parallel between... Right, and also he said that it was interesting to him because it, it, he said a lot of women, rich women who had lost their dogs would approach him and he'd be like, no, I don't care, but the fact that the husband approached him and was like, can you please find my wife's dog? He was right. like, okay, what's going on here? But, yeah, so it was that he, he, she had a lady, like a companion, uh-huh. uh, took the dog out for a walk, she, like, stopped because she was like, oh, and the, the lady's kind of mean to her companion. She's like, oh, she's stupid. And she's like, oh, she went to go look at a baby, and she looked down, and the dog was gone. The leash had been cut. And now the and dog then you has get a been ransom kidnapped. Demand. They get yeah. a ransom note. And I just like that, you know, Christy focuses on other things in her short stories. I don't really like Jewel Thief. I feel like that always gets a little silly when it's stuff like that. Yeah. But I like how different this is for us to take mm-hmm. with Christy logic. I... Uh, just the fact that we're thinking about this dog disappear, and it does come back to them, yeah. um, so you don't have to worry about dog murder. Right. No, it was it was surprisingly lighthearted mm-hmm. the the opening one, and it was entertaining. Yeah. For the first one, yeah, and actually, I, this will probably be in the next episode because this one's this one's going to be a two parter. This book for, for sure. sure. <laughs> um, this it, collection, if not a three. <laughs> That um, the I don't even know who you would call it. I, well, I guess her her cule is the protagonist. So I guess the antagonist yeah, yeah. in this book comes back later in like the oh, second yeah, yeah, half, yeah. which yeah. is kind of a which fun thing neat. for I her forgot to about do. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I honestly think that. And do we want to talk about? I mean, I guess we can talk about the twist in some of these stories. Uh, but since they're short story, you don't really get a whole lot into the nitty gritty. But I feel like, right. you know, with the other collections that we've read, Poirot investigates partners in crime, you could tell that it was at the beginning of her career. But with this, she has a maturity to her writing that I feel like is contemporary with the novels that have been written. Her prose is, it, she's writing really well. And even though these characters aren't that vivid and strong. There's, well, there's a lot of, I mean, you have to have a lot of, not throwaway, but just, you know, single use <laughs> characters yeah. because you're writing so many like so there's sure. 12 so- short stories and if each one has like five characters five, yeah. in them yeah that's a lot and so the companion in this story has a lot of depth to her because mm-hmm. uh, she's the one and who is it she's taking care of again her there's, cousin or her sister yeah or something. she has to take care of like her cousin can't make money she has to take care of her it's like a lot on her and we find out that this is a scheme that she's been running 
to you know make money like she has a Pekingese she has a Pekingese, dog yeah that, like that she will take out for the walk and then and, and the Pekingese is trained to walk home so it's clever yeah. and it's also a really cool moment and nice moment because Poirot has this one-on-one with her with like he gets it he gets the motivation yeah. and he's and like he's like I respect you uh, can you please stop? Like, don't continue to do crimes. <laughs> and you don't get that with Poirot a lot because right. you, you have where he, like, uh, he has sympathy for the for killers. Mm-hmm. But since we're usually dealing with killers, the strong uh, Catholic justice in Poirot is like, you know, I sympathize with how you came to this decision, but you have to die now. <laughs> and whether or not it's by your hand, mine, anybody's, but, but in this case, he can be like, you know, you can, and it was it was interesting by you could get to the end of the story and actually sort of agree with them, mm-hmm. like you know that crimes and that's bad, but like these rich people were horrible, yeah. and she was kind of like a Robin Hood of sorts. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, something that I just want to say before I forget that just little thing that I was really proud of myself about, which I have a feeling I say more than I should. <laughs> Yeah, like, the one time I've been proud of myself, <laughs> and it's like happened once per episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I feel pride so little, so very few times. Sure. <laughs> um, I wrote down in my notes that I felt like the overall theme of this of these sh- short stories was the deceptive nature of appearances. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's every single thing is is kind of flipped, mm-hmm. and not in not in the like the big Christian Christiesque way that they usually are, but because they're short stories, you've got these little twists like. Mm-hmm. That there being that there were two dogs. Um, anyway, when I was reading the final story that you gave me in the John Curran notebook, he said the same thing, yeah. and I felt happy. <laughs> That's all. John Curran agreed on something for once. Yes. And I also felt like, and this is my favorite, my favorite like era of Christie, even though her writing is the sharpest at thirties and forties. But I love when she's in post-war because she captures the the changes so well, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of post-war or she might have been writing some of them during or at the, at the end of the war, but there's a lot of those feelings of times are changing and how mm-hmm. hard it is to make it. And, you know, people think that all she does is focus on rich people, but that's not true. No, it is not true. Yeah. So I really like this story. I think it's a great way to start the collection. Cool. And what comes next? Next is the Hydra. Zach, you've heard of the Hydra before, I'm oh, sure? Oh, I've heard of the Hydra. So the Hydra is the one with all them heads? Yeah, it's got all the heads. Yeah. So he needs to kill the Hydra... It says, from the murky waters of the swamps near a place called Lerna. That's right, the home of Lerna Dern. <laughs> oh, wow. She's got a long neck. Does <laughs> <laughs> no, she not? Laura Dern, long neck? She I does. From Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. The first one. Yeah. So it would rise up, terrorize the she countryside. She only has one head. Laura Dern? Has, yes. Have you seen her head get cut off before? No. Two more may Two right Oh, you have a point. That's the point. That would be the call for a new Jurassic World movie. <laughs> that would be. So he he goes off to hunt this. Oh, and he, yeah. So he goes off to hunt this, and he has his trusty nephew, <laughs> Uncle Hercules, brings his nephew, Iolaus, and Iolaus shares this adventure with him because he won a victory in a chariot. Oh, race. sorry. I was like, Poirot doesn't have a nephew. But no, you're talking about Hercules. Hercules. So <sighs> they they lure the creature uh, and shoot flaming arrows at it. And he seizes it. It's not easy to overcome. He hits it with a club. But every time he hits the head off, two more would to come from its Again, first. Exactly. Yeah. You missed the most important part, is that the Hydra has a friend crab. 
<gasps> oh, does it? Yeah, oh. it's in this article. Wow. <laughs> I should just have you uh, recount the, the myths, it's actually. cool. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, to make matters worse, the Hydra had a friend of its own, a huge crab, to begin biting <laughs> the trapped foot of Hercules. Oh, oh, just, a wow. huge crab. I'm just telling you that he had a friend who was a huge crab. So <laughs> they, end up, they end up using fire. Fire stops the heads from growing. It like scares them away from regrowing. Okay. But then they go back after this, and this is the one I was talking about. Uh, Eurystheus is not impressed with Hercules' feet because he had his nephew help him, so it doesn't count. Oh, okay. <laughs> One of the most famous labors, I think, is the Hydra. Yeah. And that one also, doesn't even count. So far, I've been reading them all on Labor 5, and this is the most impressive one, even if one other with person helped heads. him. I mean, his <laughs> nephew helped him. Probably some scrawny kid who won one chariot race. I mean, even Anakin won a pod race. <laughs> And he got help from his friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he defeated a, a, the Hydra and a crab. So next time, I'll get you to sum up the, the next one instead of the dumping I'm doing, because you're doing the research. I'm doing the research. You're one I'm of our foremost it. experts on the, the labors of Hercules, the myths. You'll never be left out of a podcast again. I'll never be left out of a podcast again. <laughs> I'll never go hungry again. <laughs> That's, uh, podcast so money, the, interesting, <laughs> the interesting comparison that, that Poirot makes with this mm-hmm. is that a doctor is it comes to him yes. and is like I live in this small town and there's just so many horrible rumors about I killed my wife and I'm gonna run off with my nurse or something right. like that and he's like I can't do anything to stop the rumors so it was like the the rumors were the the Hydra represented the rumors and how no yeah. matter how hard you try he you tried to live one. a good life and and they just keep popping up and his like his his life is miserable and he can't um, move forward it's like you can't do anything right that someone's not going to be like oh see i told you he killed his wife <laughs> yeah exactly and i like i like uh, i agree with you that some of these get a little thin uh, they have to <laughs> yes i mean but i appreciate that like i think the the fir- first two in concept are just brilliant and just because that wouldn't be like something you would just assume it's not like a safe thing but you know, it's something that Poirot can just be like, yes, it is kind of like that. And even in this case, it is sort of a murder case, but, like, that's not his primary goal. His primary goal initially when he's brought in is to um, just get rid of the rumors because he doesn't really know if this this woman has uh, been poisoned or not. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of this story? Um, I liked the the concept. I thought, like you said, some of them do get pretty thin, but this one I felt like... Oh, okay, I see that. I accept your metaphor <laughs> for uh, the Hydra being like rumors, and it also, and because she was in the detective, the detection club had formed by now, right? In her life, or was that? Yes, yeah, it had already formed. Uh, she's not president of it until the next decade, but okay. I'm not sure if she's part. of I'm actually reading a book about that right now. Oh, fun! The Golden Age of Murder. But... Um, because I know that there were. I know that the detective detection club talked about recent cases for sure and yeah yeah. yeah, and there was a podcast that i listened to and it was a lot of them were uh doctors in england and it seemed like it happened a lot oh yeah that there were there was a doctor who lived in a very small town he could kill patients willy-nilly everyone loved him and it went on for years and no one suspected it so i just wonder i don't know about the timing but i i just thought it was again interesting that she took something that people would be familiar with and you know, turn it on its head. And I was just reading in um, 
Christie's biography that just came out in 20, 2020 or 2021, An Elusive Woman, um, by Lucy Worsley. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about Christie's experience when she was a nurse during World War One, and a doctor had to mess something up with the drugs and she knew that if she had gone to the doctor with it, that he would have a huge temper. Yeah. But if it was ad- administered, people would die. So she pretended like she dropped them so that they would be destroyed. Really? And Lucy Worsley kind of like attaches that. She, she says, and I'm pretty sure this is true, that doctors make up, like, of occupations, like the highest percentage of Christie's killers is doctors. Yes, I have heard that. And I mean, that <laughs> makes sense. I can already think of like three or four of the really famous ones. Yeah, and that was in, well, in her very first book where the character in uh, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, no, no, I'm sorry, Mysterious Styles, Styles is, yeah. he's pretty much copied off of her, the woman who yeah, works yeah. in the dispensary. Yeah, dispensary. That In that one, and there's another book where they talk frequently about how the nurses could never ever question the doctors exactly. and you know that that was something that happened all the time the doctors right. were gods mm-hmm. they did everything right and nurses could never ever speak up against them so it's cool like you said that this book is playing with that because in this case it, it is everybody against the doctor yes and you knowing christy were like but is it actually <laughs> but it isn't actually him in the end right it was like it, it was, was his, the nurse. Who, the nurse to his wife. Yeah, who wanted yeah. him. Yeah. And, uh, it, uh, you know, it was a mild twist, but mm-hmm. I think it was very well done. Yeah, and I don't remember anything about the third one, except for I highlighted a couple of sentences that I liked. Yeah, uh, so that this one is the Arcadian Deer. Zach, what do you know about the Arcadian Deer myth? Let me tell you. Or I the Hind. Is that, that's also the it's Hind. the Hind. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bad name for an animal. <laughs> yeah, the hind is a female red deer. Get your right? hind! And simply, he, he just needs to go get this specific deer. But I know what you're asking. That probably is really simple for a guy like Hercules. You'd think. Because he, he just... He's gotta go find Bambi. He just does... He's, he has to go get Bambi. But here's the thing. Is this hind... Is it Serenia? Is that how you pronounce that? I don't know. It's on this. Anyway, let's go get this deer... But the deer is special, okay? Mm-hmm. It's got, as the as this website calls it, golden horns, incorrect, golden antlers. Ah. People. Good point. And hooves of bronze. Ah. <laughs> hooves? Remember when you got hooves? I do remember when I got hooves. It was good. <laughs> hooves of bronze. But not only that, it was uh, the goddess of hunting, Diana's special pet. So this website brings out that he couldn't just go hunt or kill the deer. So what does he do? He waits an entire year and then hunts and kills the deer. <laughs> Good plan. Uh-huh. So what happens next is that uh, Diana comes up to him and she's like, what the heck, Hercules? That's my deer. I'm about to punish you. And he's like, no, no, no. I have to do this because the oracle told me to. And then she was like, I heals the deer. The deer's like, I'm alive again. And then he carries the alive deer and goes and gets his his uh, labor finished. So that one counts. Oh. That one counts. It took him a whole dang year to do it, though. Because <laughs> he was like, well, I can't hunt the deer. Right. And then he waited a whole year and said, well, forget about that. I don't know how I'm going to get this deer otherwise. Because the deer was pretty quick. <laughs> a whole and year had... and he didn't come up with any other ideas. No, I mean, the deer had hooves of bronze. Right. Hooves of bronze. That makes this short story make so much more sense now. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll be back with you uh, for the boar. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, yes, yeah. so this story is about uh, Zach's like, oh, I've got things to say about the boar. Let me tell you, I got things to say. So Poirot, uh, his car breaks down, 
and uh, there, this mechanic is working on a, his car, and his chauffeur's car. And the guy, Poirot, sees him, and he's like, this guy is a cutie. Not going to lie, <laughs> this guy's hot. And his name is Ted Williamson. Not a very hot name. But Poirot just ta- Poirot always talks about like whenever he sees like a very attractive like man or woman, he always is like they're like a Greek god or goddess. Yeah. And uh, the, the other example of this is in Halloween party where it, it's very similar where he's like you are and he'll say it to them like you are you look like a Greek god and the guy will be like thanks. Yes, he said perfect physique was a thing Poirot admired greatly. There were he considered too many rats in spectacles about. <laughs> And so this really cute guy is like, oh, hey, like, uh, I fell in love with this maid. It was a maid to a very uh, famous ballet dancer. And her name was Nita. Uh, They were talking. They were walking. They were getting to know each other. He fell in love with her. And then Nita vanishes. Yeah. And he's like, I will do anything. Well, actually, she just goes back to wherever the dancer was from. And just cuts him off. And doesn't, like, answer his letter. Right, that's it. She doesn't No, something has happened. Sorry, sorry, sorry. She would not have... Oh, no, or the letter comes back to him or something. And he was like... He does does take it slightly bit too seriously. He's in love. So Poirot's like, okay, like, I'll investigate this. So, yeah, she's like the elusive deer. Um, She's like little Bambi. Uh, and with hooves of bronze, she's got the cutest hooves. <laughs> I heard that, but I'm also laughing at how stupid whoever wrote this website is. <laughs> like the way that they're describing these stories. Yeah, it's the stories are also dumb, insane. Um, but yeah, so Poirot, uh, and you know, we're making like we're making these sound like the stories. Like we're jumping through them really quick, but the, they're short. Yes. But, like, pretty much the key of this investigation is that it's a very simple one that the maid does not exist. That it was the actual ballet dancer. The ballet which dancer. Which was the, the knowledge Zach just dropped on us right. makes so much sense. That instead he brings her back alive. Because right. he finds the. This one, the ending of this one was really hard, though. Like, it, it, was, it was rough. Like, I feel like she was running out of. Mm. Things, I don't remember. He finds the Russian dancer. Oh, she's yeah. like in a in a yeah. tuberculosis home or yeah. something, and she was like, "Nita is dead." And um, he's like, "Well, you're Nita," which makes sense now with the whole deer thing. Yeah. I, I get that now. Um, and she's like, "Yes, but I'm dying too." And he's like, "Well, do you have to? I mean, really?" And like that's where it ends. He's like, "Go marry Ted and have a great life, however long you got left." And that's where it ends. Well, that's yeah, but that I do like how she takes the myth and even the uh, like ending, like from beginning to end. It's not just like with the Hydra where it's like, oh, because they're like rumors, or like it ends like, oh, it's like a lion. But she looks at the entire myth, and mm-hmm. sometimes it goes further. But like even something like that can go into the solution of it as well. Which is interesting that the deer out. was actually alive. Yeah, like like what Zach yeah. said. Yeah, because you know she doesn't, and that was one that carried over to the uh, to the Suchet uh, movie version, which we'll talk about. Oh yes, near the end. Yes. Um, yeah. So that was the third story. Uh, I also enjoy this one. It's very simple, but it's kind of sweet. Um, like it's light, but I enjoy the how simple the twist is. It was all yeah, and it's all it wasn't anything grand. It was just all about yeah. one person and Poirot. Well, it was Poirot trying to like get another notch in his his twelve labors. Right, but also Poirot playing matchmaker. Which, yeah, which he, he just wanted to make Ted happy. And sometimes in books, you know, the the actual match at the end can feel 
like shoehorned in especially when the book is like really tragic and then you have this random couple being like but we're in love right i feel more like that that they did that with the tv version they do that as well yeah. yeah but but it, i mean in the short story it works better because that is the focus it's that's not just it's shoehorned yeah. in right and that's what i like especially so far of all the stories that it's it can be about one simple thing sometimes mm-hmm. with the short stories they can spiral uh, but, you know, they're little simple things, and Poirot just kind of, like, ties it up, and he walks away in a good mood. Yeah. Because it's one of his labors. So, yeah, I like this one. Cool. So, that's three that I like. <laughs> I can't remember what I ranked, but I, these three were probably high. How many more to go? Nine? Nine yes. more to go? <laughs> uh, next, we're going to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> I tried to start that. Died. <laughs> we're going to talk about the Aramanthian boar. Zap. Boar yeah. as in wild pig. Yes. yes. It's, it's 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 also a bit of a It's boar. a bit of a snooze fest. <laughs> Zach, you were you you I was doing research on pigs earlier. You were talking about pigs earlier. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> and here's the thing about the flawless sacrifice. This is I feel like if anybody was trying to go to sleep during this podcast, they would just bring them to madness. <laughs> <laughs> they wake up thinking their alarm's going off. Man, man, <laughs> um, don't fall asleep to our pot let me just put it out there i love that you're listening to our podcast but if you're trying to put on like a let me doze off like put on a hot tub time machine or a hot oh tub album <laughs> i'll put on hot tub time machine that's not a recommendation for me put on hot tub album reviews Brilliant slip oh so anyway boy. about this boar so i want to let you guys know that unlike this like magic deer this monster uh, this uh, like impervious lion. This is just a regular old boar. Okay. Now everything that I'm gonna say is based off of this one website that is labeled as not secure on my phone. <laughs> Therefore, take it with a grain of salt. I am the foremost expert on uh, Her- Hercules' yeah. twelve labors in this room right now. For sure. <laughs> yes. But that doesn't mean in the world. So take it. Take this with a grain of salt. This was a regular old boar. He just kept coming down off this mountain and goring people. Dang. He was real mad. So they were like, Hercules, go take care of that that gum boar. <laughs> and he said, sure I will. But poor old Hercules got a little hungry and thirsty on the way. Oh, no. So he came across a friendly centaur. <laughs> Obviously, as as one does. <laughs> as one does. Um... And as this as this article brings out, everyone knows that a centaur is a human from his head to his waist, and a horse for the rest of his body and his legs. By the way, they cover that human head to waist and uh, horse for the rest. <laughs> horse for the rest, including his legs. Although they, oh, I'll save this for later. With hooves. Well, you would think so, but we'll talk about that later. Oh. Um, so he goes. And he cooks Hercules some meat. He eats some raw meat for some reason. That's Hercules cool. does? No, oh, the oh, centaur eats raw meat. Oh. Which is pretty gross if you ask me. Hmm. Uh, but then he, Hercules is like, yo, can I grab a, uh, a chug of one of these bottles of wine? And he's like, no, those are my other centaur buddies' wines. I think they're going to get mad at me if, if you start drinking it. And Hercules, bad guest... Says, nah, it'll be fine. And opens up the wine anyway. Oh, he no. pours himself a Bad glass. Guess. He's drinking it up. Bad and then those guess. other centaurs are like, I smell my wine. Let's go <laughs> rough up this hooligan. So they roll up and they're like, what's up with you drinking my wine? And they start pelting him with rocks and fir trees. Oh! 
Well, that escalated. So random. And, and Hercules is not about it, okay? He's not about it. He pulls out flaming sticks from the fireplace and starts Whoa. killing the centaurs with that. Uh, and then eventually he shoots one of them with all of his arrows, and that one dies. Oh all of them flee to the mountains. Oh, my uh, gosh. Hercules goes off, but then his good friend, the friendly centaur, comes in. Oh, and no. he's like, what's up with all my dead centaurs up at this guy? <laughs> and uh, he looks down, sees this one with an arrow in it, and goes, how could such a little thing kill such a big creature? Uh, was it? Uh, Butterfingers drops the arrow onto his, quote, foot. <laughs> Not hoof, onto his foot, and dies instantly. Oh, my gosh. Wow. According to this... And then Hercules goes and finds the boar. So all that stuff was just beside the point. It was just all beside the point. Uh, Hercules goes and it says it wasn't too hard for Hercules to find the boar. He could he could hear it in the in the in the woods looking for something to eat. Um, Man, yeah, and he just went. He got the boar and he brought it back. And uh, is it Eurythius? Eurythius. He was so scared that uh, of. Hercules power that he found this regular boar that he hid in a bronze jar. And here's a portrait of that if you want to see of ah, uh, gotcha. him hiding in this jar. Oh, oh yeah. It's really there good. He is. And one of the few pictures I've seen so far that does not include genitalia. <laughs> All right, thank you for that. That's what we would call in the uh, literary analysis world stalling. <laughs> They're like, well, a story of him killing a boar will be over in five seconds. So here's some centaurs. It's like, no, no, no. It's it was the boar was harassing an entire city, and it was one regular boar. Sure, it's described as a huge wild pig. I know he's not a boar, but oh. I'm just picturing like Pumbaa being really angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrorizing yeah. like Manhattan. I picture a warthog as well. Oh, he's a warthog. The warthog. Um, when so I was a young warthog. You, you know what this is, though. Hmm. This story was during the writer's strike. Oh <laughs> yes, they always have those like weird like forty minute episodes. <laughs> They're like, it, it's a magic boar. Yeah. No, no, it's a regular boar. <laughs> Pretty much. And, uh, and the centaurs. But they added centaurs, which we all know are human from head to waist <laughs> and horse for, for the, the rest, rest of, of it way. and the legs. Yeah. So the oh, Aramanthian boar. Uh, <laughs> that story. Which this what what Zach just read to us or what Zach just paraphrased to us brilliantly is just goes to show what uh, Poirot said at the very beginning he was like he always kind of hated the yeah. Greek gods that all the stories were rubbish we get it and that <laughs> and that they were basically just bullies who did whatever they want which is absolutely true He's which right. is another reason why mythology gets on my nerves after a while it's stupid it's like yeah these these drinking other people's wine yeah yeah and it's like cast. oh okay, I'm gonna kill everybody because of what I did wrong yeah, yeah so Hercules throws was rocks and fig trees at me <laughs> and then it has nothing to do with anything in the end <laughs> they're bad and I'm with you Poirot like Dr. So, Burton or Barton or whatever he's just a nerd with too so, much free time on so what I, I don't see after that I do not see the connection so the boar is so this story is the one that is the most prominent in the uh, adaptation and this yes. is one, it's a really cool setting for Christy. The setting is, and I wish that she could have used that. Well, I mean, she sort of does, but not yeah. in the same way. I so, wish she would have used it for a whole book. That would be cool, yeah. Because it yeah. is cool for the, the majority of the movie is there. And it's a really nice yeah. setting. But it is in uh, Switzerland at a um, uh, 
a resort. A chalet, yeah. Yeah, and they, like, they talk about the funicular, <laughs> which is a fun word. And, like, they're all, you know, st- and stuck up here in the, the snow. And it's before the season, yeah. It's, and it's just, like, barely before the season. It's, like, a Correct. week to go, but there's no staff. There's hardly any guests. And I think it was really smart of the uh, people, the writers of the show, to make that the center the of the Suchet, which has to yeah, try to incorporate a lot of the story. It's lovely. This. The setting yeah, is lovely. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. And so in this, there is a there is supposed to be a, this criminal named Mariscal. Mariscal. Mariscal is how Mariscal. they keep saying it, in the, but it's spelled with like 18 yeah. unnecessary he, letters. You know, is a gangster, and he is uh, like, he's... <laughs> he kills for pleasure. He's a bore, <laughs> right. He's a B-O-A-R. Um... <laughs> And he, you know, he's like, uh, terrible but he also guy. an art thief at the same time. He was just something? he was a, a bad guy, and so Poirot goes there to find this guy, uh, and he finds that there's like a detective who's undercover, um, and his name is what his undercover name is Gustave, right? And there's all these sorts of interesting people there. Like there's this widow who comes there every year whose husband had died. Uh, like there's, uh, this Jewish refugee coming from the Nazis and they're all at this place, this hotel where they're cut off from the Oh, and the American guy, right? Who was like, this is cool. Yeah. They're all cut off. They think by sabotage. So Poirot and this undercover detective are trying to find out which of these, um, people could be Mariscal. 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 Which is spelled M-A-R-R-A-S-C-A-U-D. Right. So this story um, is the most, it just feels the most cinematic because the, up to this point, they've all been really simple settings. And then this one like goes, it takes it up to 10. We're this like is a, a little bit more epic. Yeah. A resort where you've got this, this gangster, there's a lot more characters. So there's a lot going on. I think a little bit too like, much going sh- on. Someone shows up like these three random guys who, yeah, who, who never have names show up in who are playing Poirot's cards room and, and then like, they attack him, I'm yeah. going to shoot you in the face. <laughs> And then right. the American shows up was like, oh, I brought a gun. That was fortunate. <laughs> right. And uh, it's just, it's very like early uh, Christy era yes. with the espionage. Yeah. But it still feels like she is writing with a little bit more experience. Especially yeah. with like adding the funicular and the, <laughs> yeah. the resort thing. That was a really yeah. good idea. Yeah. There's a lot more, like if this was a full, uh, if this was a novella or a novel... It, and the characters could be developed because there's a lot of good ideas going on here. And it just doesn't have any room to breathe. Something, yes, I agree. And there's something elusive about Marisco as a character mm-hmm. because I'm not remembering very well. But do you ever really like you meet him on like the last next to the last paragraph or the next to the last page or something? Yeah, you find like, out. Yeah, he yeah, he was he, the undercover. Detective. Yeah, he's that, like that was a lie. he's like running around in the th- and you think he's here and you think he's there and like the that part of it as well with the setting was yeah. really interesting, really clever idea. Yeah, uh, I, just too much to go, especially after how I think she's been really graceful in the simplicity up to this point because mm-hmm. she's her best when she's simple, even whenever it's it does add all these elements that she just doesn't have quite enough room, which is what reminded me of earlier Christie stories, but still yeah. I think better quality than almost everything in a collection like Poirot Investigates or Partners in Crime. Yeah, I think that was something that I wrote down as well, or thought at least, that it, mm-hmm. some of it felt like it was um, more 
adjacent to her earlier stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think better, personally. Yeah. Um, so far, liking all of them. <laughs> and next comes... Next we oh, did have... did you have more? Sorry. No, I'm... I, I, yeah, I was just settling and saying that I liked it. I don't know if okay. you had any more to say. I didn't, no, I didn't know where our timing was. I know we wanted to try to hit half, right? Um, yeah. I, how many more do we have till we, we get to two. six? Yeah, so yeah. we could probably cover the next two. Yeah. Um, so, Zach, could you take us... Zach, hey, hey, hey. Oh, hey, Zach. Weren't we just in the... We were talking about cows earlier. Weren't we talking about cows earlier? Yeah, we were talking about, like, where you would keep them. Uh, cow house? Yeah. I also would call that a stable. Oh, stable. Hey, that reminds me of this thing that Hercules did this one time. Your friend? Yeah. So, Hercules, he was given the task of just cleaning the stables. He had to do his chores, man. Um... He basically, he had to go clean, uh, how do you pronounce that? Augies? Augean? Augies? Augean? I think it's Aegean, but I feel like, no, 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 that's the Aegean Sea. A-U-G-E-A-N? Oh, yeah, I don't know that one. What? The Augean stables, but then the person's name is Augeus. Oh, okay. So Augeus... I'm Let's gonna call him Augustus. I'm gonna call him Augie. <laughs> Augie, okay. Augie. So Augie had like a whole heck ton of cows, uh, sheep, and uh, goats, and he had real stinky stables. Mm. There's lots of poop everywhere. <laughs> and Hercules said, "Hey, if I could clean your stables in one heckin' day, <laughs> you have to give me a tenth of your whole cows." And he said, "I bet." <laughs> and so. Uh, Hercules went out and he dug a bunch of trenches. He broke two holes in either side of the stable walls. Again, a real jerk move. That's <laughs> not your stables, bro. And then he... Destruction of private property. And then he cut the line to the river, allowing the river to flow through the yeah. channels and clean out the stable and then... Drown the cows. I was going to say, did any of the cattle survive? <laughs> All of the cattle survived, as far as I know. Okay. But I'm basing this off this unsecure website. <laughs> so who knows? Getting so many viruses to the website I sent them. Now, he was... Now, uh, Augie was pretty TO'd, okay? He was yeah. not happy about this, because sure. he didn't want to even... He was like, first off, you broke two holes in my walls, my stables, <laughs> and now you want a tenth of my cows after this? I didn't promise you this, and I don't think you actually did it. If you don't agree with me... Let's take it to the streets. Sorry, take it to the courts. <laughs> they took it to the courts. And the judge was like, yeah, you gotta give him your cows. Everybody says that you said you'd give him your cows. <laughs> and he was like, fine, but they have to get out. And so he had to, Hercules had to leave. Which, mm. finally, someone treats Hercules like he should be treated. Mm-hmm. They say, get out. Yeah. And don't come back. He also yeah. kicked his sons out because they testified against him. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which, you know. So that it ended in a court battle. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, it did. Wow. Um, and well. then, and so this, the article says, so the boy went to the north country to live with his aunts. <laughs> that was about Augie's son, not Hercules. <laughs> Pretty satisfying ending. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Okay, well, at least we know. This one didn't count. Oh. This labor didn't count. So why didn't it count? Because he got help? Uh, said this labor didn't count because Hercules was paid for having done the work. Um, he was paid with a tenth of the cows. Okay. Because he was just supposed to go clean the stables, but he was like, give me your cows, yo. Right. <laughs> I ain't like, doing this for free. So now we have gotten past, we must have gotten past all the ones that don't count because there are 12 and two don't count. Okay. Okay. So now this story that goes along <laughs> Which with Which also, that, that's interesting. This one is fairly famous. 
Like, because when I read poems, I was like, oh, yeah, I have yeah, a vague black relationship. So this one and the Hydra were the ones that didn't yeah, count. Yeah, <laughs> true. Which is, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Um, so this story is Poirot is asked by a prime minister because a, a scandal is about to come out. And so that's the, it, the connection is that, uh, you know, it's going to, he needs to clean up the mess that is mm-hmm. going to be on his name. A political mess. Yeah. yeah. And there's uh, a lot of scandals in connection with him, whether or not it's true, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to come out in the tabloids of the time, pretty much. Yeah. And so I felt like, because, again, not a death in this story, no actual crime, because mm-hmm. there's, like, a libel suit, and Poirot goes about this way, like, psychology of where he's like, how do I discredit the rumors and get everybody out scot-free? It felt like more of a Parker Pine story. Yeah. Did you was... feel that, too? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I thought that it was bad. It was, it was, um, messy. But those feel <laughs> like, but that's not even what I meant. I feel like... Those are the kind of problems and solutions she approaches in the Parker Pine stories. Yes. And we still need to talk about those on the podcast, and we need Charlotte to read them on the podcast. She won't. She will. I'm going to find a way. No. What if I give you a prize for every story? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. And then it'll be like, Augie, I'm not going to give you that one to take it to the courts. <laughs> take it to the streets. <laughs> yeah, and um, also his uh, Poirot's method of dealing with it was yeah. like, less than scrupulous which is another i mean parker yeah, pine was parker way pine worse thing. like yeah it's no not, one was drugged and kidnapped no. and it, held yeah, against it doesn't will. feel like of the quality it feels like it's yeah. better than a parker pine story but these this yeah. feels like it would be at home in the parker pine collection because yeah. those are usually very rarely crimes somebody comes in and they're like i have this social issue fix it yeah. and he goes some out of the way way but that's what Poirot does is yeah. the, like the parallel between and again he never would have taken this if it wasn't like to satisfy some sort of um continuity with, with the, the labors. labors yeah and the with this one which is a bit of a stretch is that the politician himself compares it to the myth he's like it's like one of those we need to clean it up which it uh-huh. is a famous myth so i'm not saying nobody would do it right but Poirot was like i'm not interested in your politics this is oh dumb. wait a minute did you just say that myth that i needed to do next on my list well 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 so i guess we can assume that maybe some of these were out of order yeah maybe we don't know <laughs> um but yeah this so far in the collection is probably my least favorite yeah just because you know the I- issue itself is not that interesting and like his solution is is pretty much with the libel suit you get the you get everybody to not trust the rumors themselves by clearing the name of the woman involved too yeah and it, it's like you cause more rumors it was more and of a sleight of hand out. thing yeah, yeah it's like distract everybody yeah he created a situation that, and all the papers reported on it and then it turned out it was completely untrue and then yeah. like, oh well this paper is uh, you know is completely unreliable like you didn't already know that so then when they published the other thing about the other guy which actually was true though right that's what i was thinking like, like his rumors were actually he like, was there was some truth well in there them. was a there was a dead politician who was like upheld as like this great great guy and the new guy was supporting his policies but then the big scandal was going to be that the dead guy was like awful and so corrupt and he's like oh no no that's all true but we don't want anybody to know yeah. <laughs> because I'm not. I'm not. Correct. Which is, it doesn't feel great that Poirot <laughs> clears his name. Yeah. But, I mean, also there was the lady that was involved, too. So, yeah. it's complicated. But, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this one. This was the first first story in the collection that I was just like, yeah, Stables, eh, eh. <laughs> fan. Um, now, one more that we'll do for this episode, and that is the Stymphalian Birds. 
Man, could I could have done my research on how to pronounce these things. You know what's fun is that later on in this article, I've been reading ahead preparing. Okay. And they so far, I've come across one time that they've phonetically spelled anything. Only once. Oh, wow. Only once. Cool. And there's been so many names. Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you about these birds. Um, there was a bunch of birds, and they didn't want them there anymore. Right? Were these regular birds or magic birds? They were big, man-eating birds. Oh, okay. It says that if you came up there and you were in armor, their beaks would go right through the armor and they'd eat the men's. Oh. And they didn't really like that very much. So these are abnormal birds. They're <laughs> abnormal birds. And that's just some seagulls that are causing problems in the right. world. <laughs> but they were like, they weren't like, you know, can you go come kill these birds? They were like, go, like, just tell them to go away. Yeah. And so Hercules was Run them like, off so they're somebody else's problem? Hercules was like, how would I even go about doing this? And so Athena came to his aid, and she gave him a bronze pair of basically castanets mm. for him to go use to scare these birds away. <laughs> wow. Um, they're noise-making clappers, a.k.a. castanets. And so what did he do? He went up to the birds, and he castaneted it, and then the birds flew away... And he tried to shoot a couple of them, and as they took flight, and it said possibly with a slingshot. So he I can't pretty much that was like, counts, but the staples like don't. Yeah, really. Yeah, he was dead. The staples don't count, and killing the hydra didn't count. <laughs> yes. But him maybe using a slingshot against a bird does count. He scared away the bird oh, with no. a pair of castanets. Uh, That's you, the end of that story. Okay, there's do nothing you, else that happens now. Before, do you think that his rhythm was so bad that the birds are like, "Oh no, this guy"? Yeah, they were in a jazz, <laughs> and they were like, mm, "This is so contrived." Before we go into the the Christie story, we for, we've forgotten to see if you can do these labors. So, oh yeah, he's been doing such a good job. Of yeah, you've been doing. Them. So, do you think you could take the Hydra down? I want a masterclass in mythology by Zach. <laughs> I think the easiest way for me to take the Hydra down, because as we learned, the Hydra has a weakness, and that's against fire. Yeah. So if I put a uh, fire suit on, aka a fireproof suit, I douse myself in gasoline, and I just go <laughs> at it while on fire. Pretty good idea. What, what is it going to do? And also the Hydra looks a lot smaller in this than it does in... It's like, a lot smaller in person. It's, it's a lot smaller in person in this story than it looks in, like, new media. Mm. Like, Hydra's like a giant dragon. But in this, mm. like, Hercules was just standing next to it, and they were, like, the same height. <laughs> and so I feel like if but I Hercules lit myself... Hercules is big, though. I mean... <laughs> Right, but I'm saying it's it's not a giant dragon. Six one. Yeah. He's like he's like six foot two. That's true, but I'm like six four. So oh, for I forgot. Yeah. So yeah. if I lit myself on fire, I could I could body it. I think. Okay, but do you think you could catch a really fast deer? Um, I don't think that I'm willing to spend a year hunting it. That's a long time to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> do you think you could catch the boar? I think it was described as a regular boar. And I'm allowed to kill it with weapons, so yeah. <laughs> and then you have a barbecue. I afterwards. guess like a gun or something. Yeah, I mean, I would. I'm, this is modern Zach. I would just go at it with a gun and a machete. And <laughs> I think too. we all know that you could be loud enough to get rid of the birds, but could you clean the stables? Um, I. Well, the thing is bleach. that I would want to get paid for it, so it wouldn't um, count anyway. You'd get caught out just like Hercules. <laughs> all right, so the bird story. Uh, you remember this one? I do remember this one. Okay, this because this a... also features in the yes. Suchet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so this is about a guy named Harold. Uh, he's an undersecretary of state. He's staying at this uh, hotel 
in Herzegovina. <laughs> the uh, made-up country. Is that the made-up country? That, yeah, yeah, from Secret of Chimneys. <laughs> and so he's staying there, and there is this elderly woman, Mrs. Rice, and her married daughter, Mrs. Elsie Clayton. Yes. And um, they're causing him problems because... Uh, well, well, they cause him disquiet, is what this, this <laughs> my, my summary says. But they because they look like birds. No, no, no. The there's the two other women, the two Polish women who are staying. Oh, there two other women that wear, look like birds, right, right, wearing right, right. capes and have like pointy noses, and like every time they walk past, like the sun goes behind a cloud or something. Yeah, these women are like really creepy. It, it was. It's kind of like a grown up version of the twins from The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Harold finds out that the daughter, uh, back to the two, Elsie. she's in a bit of an abusive marriage. Uh, he drinks, he's jealous, he has a vicious temper, and he's already kind of, like, having a thing for uh, for the daughter. For Elsie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, So he goes all British and, like, bangs on the hotel door and is like, come out here so right. that I can point my finger in your face. Right. Um, and he, he, like, goes up to her and she's crying. And, uh, Elsie, like, bursts into Harold's room one night. And, uh, the husband runs in after her. And then he's, like, fighting. And they're, like, they're screaming. And it's all yeah. intense. And eventually, Elsie, like, defends herself against her husband. And he... Hits him in the head. With a paperweight. Over, yeah. And he falls over dead. And so, then Harold's, like, oh, my gosh. But he's, like, you know, this guy, he died, uh, from self-defense but who's yeah. gonna believe that right and uh, and then didn't the mom show up and be like um we don't want to get you involved why don't you just go back to your room and we'll take care of the body on the floor right and, but also it like it's something to be said that they're in a foreign land too and they're worried oh about yeah and they made a big the deal police. about the fact that harold couldn't speak any other language besides right. english so he had no clue what was going on right and um so they wonder if they can bribe the the management mm-hmm. and the police and, yeah so yeah, yeah. And so Harold does that, and um, the pol- the birds, the women that look like birds, mm-hmm. end up blackmailing them for what happened. He thinks that's what's going on. Oh, because they're speaking Polish. Yeah. Right. And he can't speak any of their language. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the two women in the cloaks come up to Mrs. Rice, yes. and they have, like, this conversation in, in Polish, and they walk away, and he's like, what just happened? And... The Mrs. Rice was like, oh, they know what we did, and we've got to give them a bunch of money. How much money do you have on you, Harold? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's not quite that obvious, I think, maybe if you're reading for the first time and not exposed to as much media as we were, as mm. we are, because this feels like every, maybe every episode of Leverage or uh, <laughs> everything like yes. that. I just watched some, like, random, like, 90s thriller movie. And, like, you know, there were, like, 17 cons within that movie that were this exact <laughs> yes. thing. It's very yes. common. But at the time... But from back then, no, yeah. I think... And it was... Which is also something that it, I find so weird that people are always, like, how racist Christy was. The fact that in this, she was making a point of, like, that the British don't respect when they travel. And she traveled immensely. So yeah, he didn't she was know very, the language. Right, because he was like, you know, those two foreign women are so awful. And Poirot was like, no, they're really nice. It was the two English women that were conning you. Yeah. And that was the whole thing. Is like, they took advantage of you because you're kind of ignorant and you have no respect for the country that you're in. Right. And it was just the exact opposite of what people say about Christy. Yeah, this was a moment of her being a little more woke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like the way that it's it's written. I like again, she has a nice 
cool setting in this this foreign language and the way that the whole con pans out with, with you not knowing it. I think mm-hmm. she develops it really well. And you're right. It is something that we are a little bit more wired to recognize yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, adaptation does well with not making it like the centerpiece, but it's like mm-hmm. a side, a subplot in that because mm-hmm. you know, like a modern audience would not be that impressed with the twist. Yeah. Um, so how many? So we've read we've. We've covered six now. Yes. And three of them have been featured so far in the Suchet television version. There's yeah. the, the uh, well, Ted Williams, Marsco. The dog is like and... vaguely in it, but there's no like kidnapping of the dog, right? Oh, no, that's that's Cere- the, the Sarah, the, the Shibi Shibi, the, guy, the dog at the end. Yeah, but not, not like the beginning story. No, yet. no, no. So I think it's just it's been three. like, yeah, the, the birds... The 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 hotel the funicular and yeah. the deer yes yeah okay. so just three so far so far which yes. is a lot for one movie but yeah but, but the there's ones, more to come <laughs> yeah exactly so that is the first six of the stories we're gonna wrap that up Phew. and we're gonna do the next six and an additional bonus uh, seventh or thirteenth for the whole collection that was not released <laughs> in our next episode we want to thank our uh, expert on the classic myths that uh, Zach yes. thank you so much we oh really, uh, you are welcome we really hope you're back the next time because I do not ever want to talk about there are mythology again there are some lame ones ahead <laughs> oh, I'll boy. tell you that and then there's <laughs> one that's just buck wild <laughs> that's gonna be a treat oh until next time yes <laughs> thank you for joining us Have a good night.